are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The Apostle Paul took the gospel to Macedonia Without hesitation, he went and he found a lady by the name of Lydia. Lydia was a businesswoman, a seller of purple. And the gospel got to Lydia because the Bible says she opened her heart. The next thing that happened, she opened her house. And then she opened her household to the gospel. And it's on the spread now going all over that region of of, uh, Macedonia, which is modern day Europe. And the gospel was established. Thank God for the obedience. And he's beginning to deal with them again about this great need. You're a young church. I realize he says that. I realize that you're young Christians. You're only about 10 years old. But there's a need in Jerusalem. I'm asking you to rise up and meet the need. He's going to send Titus. And Titus' name is mentioned a lot in chapter 8 and 9. Because Titus was a preacher that Paul won to Christ. He won Timothy to Christ and he won Titus to Christ. And and Paul said, I'm sending Titus, Corinth, to your church because I want to check up on this commitment you made a year ago. You promised you're going to have some money. And he said, I know when I get there, it's going to be there, but I'm just going to send Titus so he can make sure you're going to follow through with your commitment. And so today we begin on this grace giving. We find that, that giving, whatever it might be, giving kindness. Here he's talking about money. But put in there what you want. Kindness, forgiveness, loyalty, uh, concern, prayer. Can we put prayer in the lives of people? Can, can, we put, can we put someone in and knocking on doors and visiting people, handing Bibles? Can we do something for somebody else today? And so today we see that that this giving one is a privilege. It is a privilege to give, whether it's money or whether it's time or whether it's talent, whether it's treasure, whatever we give, amen, that's a good place to say it is a privilege. Now, how do you know that? Because God calls this giving a grace. Notice what he says in verse six. We saw this last week. Insomuch we desired Titus. That as he had begun, so would also finish in you this same grace. Do you recall last week we saw that the church at Corinth, they excelled in every one of the graces. God says you have all these graces that I put in your church. You have the grace of helps and the grace of of teaching and preaching and the grace of ministration. You have all these gifts and all these graces. But don't forget, it's a grace. It's a privilege. The word grace means undeserved privilege. It's a privilege to give. Notice what he says in verse number seven. Therefore, is you bound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and diligence, in your love to us, see that you also abound, here it is again, in this grace also, the grace of giving. Look at verse number 19. And not that only, but those who also chosen the church to travel with us with this grace. Grace giving is a privilege. Grace is undeserved. 
I don't deserve the grace of God, but he reached down. North Valley Baptist Church has always been a giving church. And yes, it begins with stewardship, but you have given everything. I think of how you've given to worldwide missions. You've given in your finances, but you've given in your prayers. Do you realize that as of December 31st, during COVID 2020, that we closed off the project. We worked on it for several years, establishing personally out of this church, out of this parking lot, out of that auditorium, 400 churches that you built the building. Everyone got a building and everyone received a pastor for one year with this church paying their salary for one year. 400 churches. See, we made that commitment about eight years ago, but we fulfilled as this church made a commitment and Thaddeus is coming to check out how's it going a year later. I tell you what, I still can't get over the fact that 400 churches in one country, the Philippines, were established from this parking lot, from that auditorium, from God's people. I think of the bus ministry where there's been 1.5 million riders and we saw them out here yesterday in these tents and the children that came and the teenagers, the largest crowd we have on Saturday are teenagers and they came. The bus minister, what is that? That's grace. That, uh, that gives us an opportunity to serve God, to drive a bus, to captain a route, to pray for these children, to pray about their parents, to pray about their need. Do you know the Christian school? It's a grace. It's a privilege. We have faculty and staff that teach over there. And it's an amazing thing that when someone graduates from high school, generally they can make more than their school teacher. As an 18-year-old kid, those teachers are not there because they're making a lot of money. They don't have a lot of benefits. Most school teachers, their payroll goes on in the summer. I was praying from this morning because when school ends in May, their paycheck ends in May as well. But what's happening they are spending their lives of giving. And that's what grace is about. It's a privilege to be able to give to these students. It's a privilege to be able to teach them how to read, how to do something with their life, to come and preach to them, to sing together, to preach together, to educate them in reading, writing, arithmetic, and character. That is a privilege. You know, it's a privilege today to have a college these precious young people to come to us from around the globe and be taught the things of God. Amen, Jack Treber. Thank you for preaching that. It's a privilege. It's a privilege to have them here. It's a privilege to have KNBBC Radio that's promoting the gospel around the world 24 hours a day, seven days a week. That is a privilege. It's an honor. It is a privilege to sit in these tents on this parking lot. This is where God, it's a privilege. Don't complain about everything. It is a privilege to have our sons and daughters go into the gospel ministry. I was talking to a pastor this week. He said, I need more staff members. I've got my eye on some of your people. And I said before, he said, before I call them, I want to call you. That's called integrity. I don't want to give them up. But I have so many students that out of our church, every year we go 50 to 60 people. And by the way, lest you attack old time religion, it's the only ones that are producing people for the cause of Christ. The others are hijacking our kids. You check it out. You just check it out. This type of church is the one that is putting people in Bible college 
Brother Foles, God bless you. Your type of church, putting young people in Bible college, have them sit to say this is a Bible college. You just go ahead and take a history lesson on it. I watch churches change and I watch no students go to Bible college anymore. They don't go into the ministry. But friend, if we don't get a next generation trained and educated and with a desire to preach the word of God, we will have lost this thing. How important it is that we send young people to Bible. Here's a sweet mother and dad, have a daughter here looking at Bible college. You know how hard that must be to say, okay, we live in Ohio, but we want to send our daughter to a college that will train her in the things of God. Give of thy sons to bear the message glorious. Give of thy wealth to speed them on their way. Your children are not yours. Your children, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, are God's, are inheritance of the Lord. God owns them. Now they can become businessmen. But I think of that Christian school over there has produced 180 plus young people for full-time Christian service. I think of how that school over there has approximately 180 adults and families in this church that are now business people that are thankful for the things of God and raising their family here. Ta attack it, fight it accuse it, do whatever you want to do. But friend, it's producing a product for Christ Jesus. May I say today, we give of our sons. It's a privilege to give prayers. Last night I saw those tents filled with men, men spilled out on the other side as, as a result of COVID. Our, our men's prayer meeting has quadrupled this for an entire year. Spanish ministry has, has, has quadrupled as well over their prayer. And I watch these men pray praying for the sick in our church and praying for the needy in our church and praying for the widows in our church and praying for the special needs in this church and praying that God would do something. Prayer is a privilege to come boldly to the throne of grace to find help in the time of need. So it is a privilege. Last year, taking those 50,000 Bibles to every door in the city of Santa Clara, California, that is a privilege this year, our target to give 150,000 John and Romans house to house, person to person, door to door. That's a privilege. I think of the privilege of giving. I want the foundation of this church to always be known. And it's our desire to be a giving church. Give joy, give happiness, give a smile, give a handshake, uh, give a kindness. Give some hope, give some encouragement. Never discourage anybody. Never, never look down on anybody. Never be antagonistic toward anybody. Giving is a privilege. You know, secondly, I want you to see this in the scripture, chapter number eight, if you'll go there. Giving is a promise. I want to ask you before we read this scripture, do you come to church with a desire to make some promises to God? We have so many able preachers right here now and I'm using them to preach different services. I never come without a desire to say, God, I want to make some decisions today. When I preach, I want to make some decisions. I want to make decisions on this message today. I don't believe this is conjured up in the mind. I believe this is born in the heart. And giving is a privilege, but giving is a promise. I want you to see how some folks stumble at their promise. Notice the Bible says in verse number eight, I speak not by commandment, by occasion, the forwardness of others. 
to prove the sincerity of your love. For you know that the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, though he was rich, yet for your sake became poor, that ye through his poverty might be made rich, might be rich. And herein I give my advice. For this is expedient to you, who have begun before, not only to do, but also forward a year ago, forward a year ago. You, you made some commitments a year ago. You made some promises a year ago. And he says now, verse 11, perform the doing of it. What you promised a year ago, that's where a lot of fellas, they, they have faith promise missions. What you promised a year ago, now do it. He said, what you promised, perform, do it. As there was a readiness of will, when you made that commitment, there was a will, a desire. So there may be a performance out of the things which you have. Did you hear your pastor last week say that we need probably about another 10 bus drivers? And a crowd of thousands of people is in there. Or aren't there, maybe there, maybe people respond. It's in the bulletin. It says, contact this person by email. Tell them, I'll, I'll get a license. Do you know what a joy it is to drive a bus and bring people to the house of God? Do you know how we need, amen. Do you know how we need shuttle drivers right now? Do you know how we need people to step and say, I'll give this. I'll do this. I'll hold a baby in the nursery. I'll change a baby in the nursery. I'll do this for the glory of God. It is a promise, and they made a promise, but the tragic thing, tragic, they stumbled. And so verse 16, notice verse 16. He said, I'm gonna have to send Titus. Thanks be unto God, which he put the same earnest care into the heart of Titus for you. He said, I'm sending Titus. He, he doesn't have a heart to be judgmental. He has a heart like I have for you. For indeed, he accepted the exhortation but being more forward of, forward of his own accord, he went unto you. And the Bible says, not only, but who has also chosen the churches to travel with us. This grace which administered us by the glory of the same Lord. He said, verse number 22, and we've sent them to our brother, whom ye have often proved diligently in many things, but now much more diligently upon the great confidence which I have in you. He said, I know you're gonna come through. I know you'll do us, therefore, whether any do inquire of Titus, he is my partner and fellow helper concerning you, our brethren be inquired of, and they are the messengers of the churches and the glory of God. He said, I want you to know, go ahead, some of you don't know Titus, he's a good man, you can trust him, he's there. And I'm wanting to check up on what you're doing. I'm sending Titus to check up on you. You made a promise. What promises? Every time we come to church, we say, I ought to make a promise. I'm going to give deeds of kindness this week. I'm going to make a promise. I'm going to reduce my Facebook time. I'm going to make a promise. I'm going to be patient with my mate. I'm gonna to listen to my mate. I'm gonna make a promise today. I'll be a better father or mother to my children this week. I'll listen, I'll pray. I'll be a better employee this week. I'll be a better employer this week. 
I'll be a better pastor this week, a better staff member, a better deacon, a better usher. I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't want to have a, a critical, unkind, ridiculing spirit, a complaining spirit. I want to help. I want to encourage. I want to be kind. I want to lift the spirit of people. Hey, I'm talking about, have you made any promises? Church is not just to come and to sing a song and have a guy yell and scream, but church is a place where you can say, I'm going to make a promise to God. I'm promising some things today. There's some things we ought to give up. There's some things we ought to begin. Grace giving is a privilege. Grace giving is a promise. By the way, verse 11, if I had time, it's also performance. Verse 11, now perform the doing of it. Grace giving, number four, is a parallel. A parallel is something that runs in the same direction. Sometimes you'll see this out in the country where you'll see a farmhouse. My wife's family farmhouse is that way. It's way off the road. There's the big house and then there's the little house. And the big house and the little house, they have a big lane that goes up at Mrs. Strofe, your home as well as where you're raised. And have that farm, the lane. And on this side, on this side, there are trees. They are in parallel, those trees. Not in that case, but many times the trees are put on lands where the wind comes up and this row and this row and they grow up where they can buffet a little bit and buffer the wind that comes blowing across those fields. You'll see it on 101. I think of those big eucalyptus trees. Sometimes you'll see them in rows as they plant them there. And that's what the Bible speaks about here in verse number 13. Verse 13, I mean not others to be eased and ye burdened but by equality. That just simply means it's a parallel. It's, a, it's equal that this time of your abundance and the supply of their want. It's an equality. Government should follow God's program. Government thinks that rich people owe more in taxes than poor people. That's not Bible. There's a fairness with God's plan. God calls it 10th part a tithe, a tenth part. Do you know for a man who makes a million dollars a year, his tithe is 100,000. A man that makes 100,000, his, his tithe is 10,000. That's equality. And Paul says, I don't want others to be eased and you burdened. I don't want you to take the whole load of this thing. I don't want you to take the whole load of just, uh, 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 you're the ones that drive the buses. And you're the ones that do the tithing. And you're the ones that do the prayer. And you're the ones that do the door knocking. But equality, that we're all in this thing together. I told our staff this week, Brother Reamer's in charge of it to take about a week. I gave him already about eight names, couples. I'm going to give him some more this week. He's going to pray about those couples for a week or two. He's going to contact you in the next couple of weeks in April. He's going to ask you to pray in the months of April, May, June, and July, and the first part of August, that you would be part of what is called the Patch the Pirate Club on Sunday night, Wednesday nights during the service. Why? We have too many staff that are running Patch the Pirate. And I want you to know what I told our church 35, 40 years ago. A staff-run church is a staff-ruined church. Our job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. It is not 
the job of members to give enough money so we can employ someone to get the job done for us. It ought to be God's people are in this. There have to be some couples that say, listen, I'd like to work with those, uh, those five-year-olds or six-year-olds. I'd like to work with those uh, eight, nine, and 10-year-olds. I'd like to give the word of God and sing courses with them and have games with them and teach them and go through their program and their curriculum for one hour every Wednesday night. I'd like to do that. Could you pray about it? You see, grace giving is a privilege. Grace giving is a promise. Grace giving is a performance. Grace giving is a parallel. I'm about out of time. Grace giving is for his praise. Whatever we do, it's for the praise and the honor and glory of God. Notice what the Bible says in chapter eight, verse number 19. And not that only, but who also chosen of the churches to travel with us this grace, which is ministered to us by the glory of the same Lord. Glory means to praise, to boast, to exalt his name. Everything that we do should not be about my glory or ourselves. It should be for his glory. Everything we do that we might lift him up, that we might exalt him, that name which is above every name. We have a dear sweet lady. I'm gonna leave after the invitation and go to the auditorium and watch the baptism. She comes from an Eastern religion background, but when she trusted Christ, she lost family, rejection. But today she identifies with believers' baptism, one of the greatest, sweet, godly husbands in our church and a sweet wife. What a privilege. You know what she's doing today? I'm choosing that name. I'm choosing that name, Miramar, right now. Dr. and Mrs. Wong, uh, they, they know all about Miramar. They're from there. I remember when I got to lead them to Christ so many years ago. I want you to know Here's a sweet, sweet lady, a brain surgeon, and a man who's a businessman. They both just recently retired not long ago. But they know their homeland is under siege right now. They're slaughtering Christians as I speak today. There's a coup going on today. I've not read the news, but I know what's going on, and I hear it from a missionary reports last night at missionary prayer meeting. I heard it with the teenage, the college students. They knew about it as well. We have missionaries there and the bloodshed that's going on for the name of Jesus Christ. I read missionary letters this week and I see what these, these missionaries are going through. We have about 140 missionaries in our ministry here. I see what they're going through on these foreign fields. You think it's hard with this COVID here. This is nothing. I, I know in America, this is probably the most difficult county in America right now. People come here and say, we don't know about masks in our area. We don't know about social distancing. We're wide open. Well, that's not how it is here. And that's, I'm gonna have to live with it right now. Wait a minute. Don't get sidetracked. If you think this is difficult, you ought to go to these mission fields. One of our missionaries, he spent there a lifetime. He built a 7,000 seat auditorium. They fill it twice on Sunday. There's such an eagerness for the gospel and they have been shut down. But one thing the government allows them to do, they have been able to go to parks and to public settings and to arena. And somehow they're able to have church every week. 
Bus workers, I told you the number yesterday, I was wrong. I went back and looked at the number last month, personal one-on-one, they had 277,000 people bowed their knee asking Jesus Christ to be their savior. They had right at 4,000 followed the Lord in believers' baptism. Hey, there's an underground country right now. I won't say it, it's a disclosed country on the internet, I don't want it to be known, but it's a large, one of the largest countries in the world. They're averaging 25,000 people a day in underground churches coming to know Jesus Christ as their personal savior. Sometimes we think we have it so hard, but in those countries, you say, what do you mean you say? Yes, you basically whisper. You're in hiding. Communist countries, where they'll come and snatch you away, you'll never be seen again. I'm telling you, friend, today, when we think about this grace of giving, what a grace it is to give to his praise. What a grace it is to give to his honor. What a grace it is to give to lift his name, exalt his name. Tonight, today, I, I challenge you to lift up his name. That's why the scripture, I will glory, I will praise the cross of Christ my Savior. I will glory in my infirmities. Salvation is a way to glory. Singing is a way to glory. The rapture, that glorious appearing, is a way to lift his name, exalt his name, and magnify his name. I close the last. Giving can be painful. Go back to chapter 8, verse 1. It's going to cost you something. Moreover, to the brethren we do wit, for the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, how the great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy, deep poverty abounded to the riches. Giving can be painful. Here's where I'm coming today. I'm coming to this church. Yes, I want to pay these properties off. We're on the road to do that. I'm begging God for some of these buildings around here. One of our pastors in a distant state bought eight, eight acres and a public school with a gymnasium on it a couple weeks ago for $70,000. That's not happening here. These little buildings with no parking are five million, seven million, eight million. But as I pass by them every day, I say, oh God, please give us that building. We'll use that as a entire youth center and training of our young people for Jesus Christ and singing and preaching. God, give us that building. Lord, give us that building right there that ties this property in. We could exit that way. We could have some more parking. We could have that entire, give us the building right next to it. I pray for it by name. I know the addresses. God, there's four houses back here. We've got to have those and turn the front into the back and the back into the front and put the fence on that side and the driveways here. Lord, please give us that. Lord, I've got the buildings around here all drawn. You recall the days we walked around this property before anything like this was here? And we asked the owner, could we do it? He gave us permission. And we called this Jericho. We walked around it, walked around it, walked around it, walked around it in the weeds out here. They got stickers in our socks and the ladies walked out here and they prayed, oh God, give us this Jericho. Guess what? God gave us this Jericho. And the walls came down and God gave us this property. We numbered all these buildings around here. Shechem, Ai, Gilgal. It got so big that we named this entire school and playgrounds and all this Kadesh Barnea. It's, it's a big area. Years ago, we had baseball here, softball for this area. We had boys in the league for about 16 teams. 
We went down there because they said you need a post office box for that property. Our sign is still over there. Well, we don't own it. They said you still have to have, well, let's see who owns this. And they found out that the park and the school and the swimming pool and the community center, the city said in our records it says North Valley Baptist Church owns all of this. We got excited about it. They said, no, 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 it's gotta be a mistake. Well, guess what? One day we just may own it all. I want this church to be a church that when people tell, oh, I met people from your church, Brother Treber. I have it all the time. I met people from your church. I live next door to people from your church. And my response, my, my, what they always tell me, they're nice people. They're kind people. I love having members like that, neighbors like that. I love what your church is doing in this. I, I'm just shocked how many people in Santa Clara are now listening as a result of COVID to our services and to KNBBC and excited about Bibles being do passed door to door. And you say, well, oh, city hates us. Oh no, I don't know what city you're in, but this city loves North Valley Baptist Church. Not everyone, I know that, but I thank God that there's a testimony of kindness. There's a testimony, can I help you? There's a testimony of maturity. Little girl came to church last week. You've been praying for her for about a year and a half now. Our bus girl. I checked into the hospital in COVID and 20 years old, studying for nursing, you know the story. The first thing they did is had to take her arm off. Then they took the other arm off. About two months later, they took the leg off. Then they took the other leg off. She was in our Spanish ministry yesterday. Here's, here's the story. Yes, you've offered up prayers. But our church family here and our Spanish ministry has lived in the parking lot of those hospitals. Every day, the parents had to sit outside and were not permitted in. Their daughter loses an arm or loses another arm and loses limbs and she's in there by herself, not permitted to go see her. But I tell you what, there's been a Spanish ministry and a church ministry here that every day took food for over a year out to the parking lot to those parents and to those relatives that they might have nourishment as they waited in the parking lot. That's, I'm not just talking about money, I'm talking about deeds of kindness. I think today of how there are three ladies, you don't even know this, in our Christian school, chefs, I mean professional chefs, and yet they have decided a couple years ago what well, we want to come and we want to make the, the food for the kids. And I'm talking about their food drives me crazy. It smells so good. I get there for elementary chapel and they're already, they're cooking the beef. They've got the onions in there. They've got the garlic in there and I'm starving, hungry and smelling that food. I go down to see him. All three of those ladies said, the, church, the school cannot afford us, but whatever comes in, we want to go to keep supporting the school for free. We don't want a dime. We've never given them a dime. That's what you call grace giving. That's saying I'll give myself first. I'm talking about the fact that today we think of the, the, uh, the, uh, the ministry of this church, several ladies, I think of sweet Mrs. Andronada, Brother Poussin, that's home with the Lord, her husband's home with the Lord now. I've seen about six ladies. I never knew this for 20 years they were doing it. I never knew they were doing it. 
They still do it for those that are left. Older ladies, Filipino women have taken gospel tracts. I never knew they did it. I'd see Mrs. Adrenita coming on Saturday morning after she got dialysis and then she was out door knocking. I knew she did that. I didn't know what these ladies were doing. They for about maybe two decades took the entire city of Santa Clara, California, and there was not a house that did not get a gospel witness of Jesus Christ. They took the city, that's 130,000 people. They took the city of Sunnyvale, over 100,000, every single door. They took the city of Mountain View, every single door. They took the city of Campbell, every single door. They took the city of Melpitas, every single door, and got a gospel witness, and just not a track handed. These ladies tried their best to witness to the people. I'm talking about much of San Jose, California, 10th largest city in America, every single place where they go, they give the gospel. That's what I'm talking about, grace, giving. They gave of themselves. Oh, yes. I want the offerings to go up. Yes, I know what it takes to run this ministry. And I see that that amount doesn't come in. It torments me. It nears, it nears $200,000 a week to keep this thing going. The school, the church, the college, the buses, the insurance, the payroll, everything it takes. The, the, it takes $187,000 a week. And I see a good offering here, but I see we missed it by 40000 last week. That's a burden to me. Yes, and you've been giving so well. Yes, I'm concerned about the money, always, always have been for 45, almost 46 years now. But I'm concerned that beyond money, this is a church equipped with good people that want to help. Be kind. God says, I want you to be kind to that person. Immediately, Paul said, I'll go to Macedonia. I have others I'd like to share with you. I'm out of time. Alvin Martinez sang it so beautifully and it's not the invitation song if I can help somebody. Every day this week, let's help people. Every day this week, give a smile. If you write a note, don't make it a bad note. I don't need another one of those. They come. Make it a sweet phone call. I don't need another antagonistic one. I don't need that. Would you find somebody you could help today? Our Father, grace giving. Because Paul answered the call and went to Macedonia. Entire part of the world had the privilege to get the gospel. Give us a young man that was willing to take the gospel to other countries and other cities and other states. Some young ladies that They'll think more about the gospel than all these isms that we've got going on. Burden about the lost. Burden about needs of people. Burden about children. There's so many sad little boys and girls in America. I think of that sweet family, that bus girl that was perished this week in that car accident. Five little children without a mother now. A one month old without a mama. God, I pray that we'd be prayer warriors and perhaps there's ways we can help that family. God, help us to be concerned. Concerned for people. 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.